Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of Parks and Rewatch. I'm your host, Joe. And I'm Joy. And today we are going to be doing an after party for the special Parks and Recreation reunion episode that was aired last night as of us recording this podcast. Uh, the in, um, Much of the cast reunited. Uh, the show is all filmed from the characters' homes. And we're going to discuss the episode and break it down a little bit. It was so, everything. It made me so happy. Did you watch the special ahead of it? Like the special before the special? Yes, I did. There were so many warm feelings. Oh, there was. There oh was. Oh my gosh. Like they pulled up such good, good memory moments. Yes. Like that's why I like this show. Yes. It made me remember just how good the crew behind Parks and Rec is at hitting those emotional beats. Yeah, um, absolutely. It, and just the fact that they could take such a short section of time, you know, half an hour including commercials, and take you on such a journey through the show. Um, the editing and the selection of the clips that they showed and things were just amazing. I was I was very much in awe of how they did that. Yeah, a couple things that stuck out to me from that was um, the little the little clip of her they put on the show of when Andy was like, "April, you're like an angel with no wings," and she's like, "So like a person." It's like <laughs> oh, I love you so much. Um, Aziz Ansari when he talked about how Tom thinks he's the Kanye West of local government. I was like, ah, uh huh. (laughs) It's a very good description for his character. Um, I'm pretty sure Rob Lowe said this, but everyone can relate to working with people you have nothing in common with. Oh, I think that was Leslie. I think that was Amy Poehler who said that. Okay, yeah, yeah. That was such a good. Oh yeah, that was the line where she's like, "And that was good, and you will use that." (laughs) Yeah. I loved the behind the scenes clip. I'd never seen it before of <laughs> uh, of Amy and Chris on the set of the Johnny Karate super awesome musical explosion show where she's in character and she's talking about how, you know, Andy has overcome, you know, so much in his life and he immediately goes to athlete's foot of the butt <laughs> and she instantly breaks. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah i think it just beautifully highlighted how good chris pratt is at improvising and his ability to crack other people up and take them off guard i loved it he's such a champion and he's so true and honest to himself in the middle of that yes where like i think he said something about like i've been developing this character for years i'm like Mm -hmm. yeah you totally have and you kind of get the feeling that he's never really stopped Even though he hasn't played Andy on the series for years now, the way that he jumped right back into character makes you wonder if every once in a while in his head, if he doesn't just go back to Andy and and think about, you know, I wonder how Andy would react to this or, or, you know, just basically kind of mentally updating the character, even though he's not playing him anymore. Yeah, that's that's absolutely plausible. So when it comes to the reunion episode itself, Joy... What kinds of things were you feeling going into the episode? Um, you know, were you excited? Were you nervous? Um, well, I had it on my calendar and I had informed my whole family, we are going to watch this. This is a really big deal. Um, so 
we made a great dinner last night and then I was like, I'm just going to put my dishes away and I'm going to like transition to the couch because I need to be ready for this. So I'm just like, okay, I pulled out my laptop. I got my notes ready. I just sat there and I was like staring. Um, and, uh, my friend Sarah, who was here, it was so, it was so funny because we have this interesting connection where both of us were just like, I'm so, I'm so, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And then they went through the whole special ahead of time and we were just like, oh my gosh such feelings can you even can you even i'm like i don't know i'm here we're fine um if i would have been in a slightly different emotional state i probably would have cried like a bajillion times Mm -hmm. but i was like so excited so ready for this how did you feel about like the whole run up to this so i have to admit as much as maybe i didn't want to this is just kind of who i am i came in a little more on the skeptical side Okay. Um, I, I basically just because I love Parks and Rec so much and I loved the, the magic and sort of the lightning in a bottle that was the original series. And so as much as I was excited for this, I also had some reservations. Basically, okay, they're reuniting, but they're reuniting because of COVID-19 and, and right. all that stuff. And, and so, you know, I think I had some concerns sort of of the nature of you know is this going to be rushed what kind of quality is it going to be like is it going to have that parks and rec magic or is this just kind of going to feel shoehorned and and you know ironically sort of come across like all the commercials from companies and brands right now that like have been you know pivoting their image into covid stuff we've we've always been a company that's about people first and taking care of people yeah we get it you know so i think i just wondered you know how is this going to affect the tone and and the production and the approach and everything and then i think it was just sort of the the knee-jerk reaction of okay like a parks and rec reunion is like all I've ever wanted, but do I want it this way? Mm. Um, and and the concern of the fact that yes, because of social distancing and everything, this is going to be filmed from each one of the actors' own homes. Um, how much are they really going to be able to capture both the humor and the spirit of connection that makes Parks and Recreation what it what it is and what it right. was? Uh, and so. I I was excited for it, but I did come into it with those sort of, you know, just trepidations in the back of my mind. Very happy to say that none of those things proved to be the case. Uh, it was absolutely hilarious. It was, it, it hits you in the feels in all the ways that Parks and Rec does when it's at its best. Um, I really have to tip my hat to them for taking what had to be a very challenging way to approach doing a reunion episode and just knocking it out of the park because that's what I feel like they did. Yeah, I can't actually say that I did a whole lot of thinking through what it was going to be. I just had like this building anticipation inside of me of (laughs) these people that I've come to know and love are all going to be back together again. And oh my gosh, I'm so excited. And that's about as far as I went with it. Yes, absolutely. And and really, I think we're probably going to transition into the running notes that we took Um, which was very, I think, different than our approach to our regular rewatch episodes. Because I think, uh, uh, to speak for myself anyway, when we approach each week's new episode, I start by simply watching the episode through. um, But I don't 
just watch. I pause quite frequently from the first time because I'm looking for all the things that fit our format. You know, what is my beautiful rule breaking moth going to be? What's my Jerry going to be? I'm stopping to look for details and things I haven't noticed before. So it's a very methodical approach. Yeah. And this episode was very different. Um, I was watching on Hulu with the, the Hulu live TV and it sort of has the DVR functionality. So I did pause but only on two or three occasions and only to finish typing a note that was longer just so I didn't miss things while I was typing. So it was not a very methodical approach. It was more of sort of an emotional and, and reactionary approach. Uh, so it, it's going to feel very different. And, and I think what you're going to get from our notes going through this is, is really just our emotional responses to what we were seeing. And it's more of a visceral rather than an informative thing. And that being said, prepare yourself. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. So I just thought right from the jump, I just can't imagine a more brilliant intro than having Paul Rudd as Bobby Newport come in. It was, oh, I, I'm, I mean, I'm laughing just thinking about it. It was so perfect. I love Paul Rudd's Bobby Newport. Everything about his intro is perfection from the way he pronounces Coronas. <laughs> Coronas. And he's yeah. on a, yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's on a fox hunting ranch. <laughs> Estate in Estate. Switzerland. But he uh, hasn't caught one yet because they're so so freaking fast. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it so much. And he's wearing a Nope 2012 hoodie because, yeah, of course, Yeah, that's the first thing you see <laughs> is him leaning into the camera and the Nope logo. And I'm like, oh, if that isn't a statement, yes, bring uh, Nope back. It was great. It was great. And I do have to give a little hat tip to the beards that some of the characters were rocking. And Paul Rudd's, for sure. That man has some majestic facial hair. Yeah, one of my friends, uh, I think it was Amanda, Amanda texted me and said, he has the facial hair. It's like a soul patch plus, which then <laughs> brought us brought me back to the whole soul patch discussion. And I was like, oh, gosh. And now I have my karate chop for <laughs> our uh, regular episode today. <laughs> and it's the term soul patch plus. And here we are. Okay, so then right after Paul, it goes to the intro, which was rightfully so the long intro because it had to show all the people mm -hmm. um and then it opens on ben in the letters to cleo shirt <laughs> which that episode is my favorite episode the claymation episode yes it's and, a like, good one i have a couple friends where just out of the blue will just be like stand in the place where you <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's the best and i love that leslie caught onto it right away and was like oh mm -hmm. oh honey um <laughs> and i love that he still has claymation men how did they get that to him well, See, I, mean, I guess they probably knew all this was going to happen and they had to send them like equipment I, anyway i'm going to suggest that he had it um, I know that there's sort of a long-standing tradition of actors basically stealing things uh, from the the sets of 
shows or movies that they worked on. Um, I'm trying to think of examples. Like I know Charlie Hunnam, who portrayed Jax Teller in the series Sons of Anarchy. Um, I remember an interview where he talked about, yeah, he basically stole like everything he could from the set. Uh, so I know a lot of actors will hang on to memorabilia from movies and shows they worked on. And I would not be surprised at all if Adam Scott just kept that. Yeah, that was that was so perfect. Because with the amount of like real life... Um, issues that they were addressing in the midst of them actually being characters like for those that have watched the show so much it's like no this is mental health and this is really important (laughs) pay attention when you when you end up in your letters to cleo shirt with a claymation little person (laughs) talking about tuesdays it's it's time to ask for some help (laughs) and then the calling tree goes to ron and of course his id is blocked which I just thought was perfect and amazing. And I commented on Facebook, on our Facebook group, I believe, that one of the things I wanted to see out of the reunion episode was basically Ron being disgruntled about some aspect of current technology. And I feel like this ticked that box. Um, So if if Ron is going to be strong-armed into using a video conferencing app at all, of course he's not going to display any personal information. Right, but... It's it's also weird that he's using a Grizzle device after all the stuff that went down with Grizzle and privacy and fill in the blank. Like that Ron would get to a point where he's okay with that. Yeah, you wonder what's happened in the world to move that from A to B. Yeah, and can we talk about phone trees real quick? Like, I didn't know actual phone trees were a thing. Like, I, I think it's like in, the uh, I think it's like the secular version of a prayer chain. Yes, I was about to say I just grew up in a, I grew up in a home with <laughs> prayer chains all the time. Yeah, and that was just normal to me. But like actual phone trees. Yeah, I, I think that's just a, a non-Christian prayer chain. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> I love that Nick was actually in his workshop. Yes. Yeah. Like that. Oh, so good. Made a lot with, of like, sense. The hand, the hand tool planes behind him, but his eyes did look a little red, so I was a little concerned. And I totally expected his comments about social distancing. You know that he's been social distancing basically all his life, or, or whatever. But that that didn't take away from how perfect it was. No, the only thing I'm disappointed with is they use that clip on the promo. Like anytime they use something in a promo and then yeah. it shows up in the real thing, I'm like, ugh, it's cheap now. <laughs> yeah definitely not a fan of promos that basically show you the entire film yeah but then i'm also disappointed when the promo doesn't have any real content that's important then i'm like well they showed me it's things in the promo that weren't even in the real thing how could they so really i'm just (laughs) yeah there's a tough balance to strike there i think yeah um and then i absolutely love andy being locked in the shed that's just another (laughs) perfect beat yeah that was really funny but right before that there's one little thing i have to go back to okay um ron calls out leslie for being at work but her office is definitely a home office Mm -hmm. you can tell um but like her little comment that she threw out there of like i normally only get four hours of sleep a night but now i'm only getting two and i just put oatmeal on my fingers instead of nail polish i'm like what Okay, first of all, who has time to do nail polish in the morning when you have so much going on and you created all these committees that you're now chairing and oh my gosh, and then oatmeal? Really? <laughs> so anyway. And then we go to April and Andy. Yes, and I do love that Andy is is locked in the shed. That's just a perfect 
perfect beat for his character. And I also, I typed here in my notes at this point, and I think we're only four notes in for me. And I, I typed, I am sensing all my notes are just going to be things I love so much. And that's pretty <laughs> what, that's pretty much what it turned out to be. And I'm sitting here typing all the details I can fit in a little thing and I'll, I'll edit my typos later. Okay. So like the small thing of April being like, yeah, Andy and I put all our stuff in garbage bags and I just put on the first five things I pull out during the day. I was like, of course you did. But Ron responds to her in a way that's like, oh, of course you did, whatever. And they move right on. But that line <laughs> was gold. It was great. Ugh. And then the way she yells at Andy, it's like they're the perfect old couple. Yes. And she yes, should have just absolutely. yelled flowers. You know, I don't know if you know anything about yelling flowers, but. <laughs> no. I. I <clears throat> to what are you referring? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I had a note right here, and I, I think it was from Andy's being locked in the shed scene. It's just incredible to me how seamlessly all the actors jumped back into their characters. Right. Right. Yeah, this is one of those where I love the characters, the actors as their characters so much that I don't want to believe that they have different lives that mm -hmm. are separate from these actors. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that lended itself to making this episode feel so heartwarming mm -hmm. is just the ease and familiarity with which all the actors jumped back into their characters. Yeah. It really conveys a sense that the actors loved these characters in a very special way. Yeah. It was very good. Very good. And then, and then when they call Chris and Ann, <laughs> and Andy's like, Chris, did you lock yourself in the shed too? Yes. Oh, Andy. <laughs> I heard that's a popular thing these days. Kidding, <laughs> kidding, kidding. My next note to do with that scene with Chris and Ann is this all caps panther. Oh, because, because of the blood? Yep, because there's like three super healers or whatever, and one of them is a panther in the Miami Zoo. It's Chris, Megan Rapino, yes. and the panther of the Miami the Zoo. <laughs> of course it is. Megan Rapino is a friggin' oh. beast, and I guess Chris is too. And a panther, and a panther. because of course. Because why not? Because why not? <laughs> um, when Chris and Anne um, yell at each other in their house... They both look up, which was awkward. <laughs> I don't know why you would both look up, but... Yeah, I mean, and I have to forgive them for, you know, the tiniest of of editing or, or just camera mistakes like that. I mean, because, I, I mean, guess. come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then um, I love when Leslie jumps in real quick and then just does that whole gush to Anne. And Chris yes. is like, oh, oh. <laughs> You meant that for Anne. Okay, I'll leave five. <laughs> <laughs> like, Chris wouldn't have built tolerance for that yet? I don't think so. It's Chris. I don't think he builds tolerance relationally. I think he's just full heart all the time. Mm, that's an interesting concept. Mm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. this was the place where I put in my note about, you know, I have to admit I had some trepidation about the everybody being in their homes format and the fact that the show reunited just because of the coronavirus. And, and this was the point where all of that just kind of went away. And I, I put down that, you know, I should have known better. Uh, the Parks and Rec crew, they just bring the magic no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you catch the line that <laughs> where Leslie asks Anne, is Chris able to still work out? And Anne's like, 
Yeah, we, I mean, we had a Stairmaster, yes. but he's been working out so much that it's just a smooth ramp. A now. smooth ramp. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but like, if you think about how a Stairmaster is built, how right. would that turn into a ramp? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know. But is it one of those line. where like the actual stairs like show up, or is it one of those that's I just think like so. yeah, the pedals I, floating with the I pneumatic? Think it's, I think it's one of the ones where it, it's almost like a little escalator and the stairs are actually there. And, and I think the implication is he's just worn them out through incredible use. Yeah, wow. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So then they call Tom. Um, so the implication then, Tom is still with Lucy, but no wedding ring, which kind of makes sense because Tom doesn't really commit super well. Um, did you catch all of his business ideas? Um, you know, I did at the time. I, I didn't write them down, so I don't remember them all. But I, my favorite was the mini iPads for each <laughs> finger. <laughs> yeah, he said double-breasted pajamas, protective mask with other people's teeth printed on it. You can stay safe <laughs> and look fresh as hell. Um, teeny tiny pads for each finger. Lasagna that's also toilet paper. Um, he's like, yeah, I'm probably going stir crazy. Time has no meaning anymore. Then he's like, oh, maybe I should make a clock with dials that just move randomly. <laughs> oh gosh would that be for you would that be a very frustrating thing it absolutely would it has no use yeah (laughs) i need practical items in my life that's not practical i can't justify it taking up space (laughs) i feel like i want to get a random clock and put it just somewhere back there behind me so every time we record you have to look at it i mean you do you boo boo you do you (laughs) your space is your space and my space got deleted a couple years ago so (laughs) so donna comes in and i love that she has elite grizzle gold status oh my gosh so i went through of course she does of course she does i went through and started noting everyone's points Mm -hmm. so ron his ideas blocked unknown grizzle points april slash satan's niece 269,879 grizzle points andy 3,394,446 grizzle points what did he do to get 3 million I am wondering if they are subtly inferring that there's some app or aspect of Grizzle that is reminiscent of TikTok. Mm. And perhaps Andy has kept the Johnny Karate persona alive on whatever this uh, version of Grizzle TikTok is. And of course, that would be very popular with sure. with kids and teens these days. So, uh, you know, maybe he's the Grizzle version of a TikTok star. That's my theory there. Valid. I don't know. I think it's just because he's great. Um, (laughs) But Chris only has 11,254, which is confusing because Chris is just a really great human, but I guess he doesn't strike me as socially connected. Yeah. I don't know that we've ever seen him give much indication that he's very into internet and uh, social Mm. stuff. He strikes me as more of a real world person. Totally. Anne has 6,549. Tom has 65,876. Donna has elite grizzle gold status. (laughs) Jerry has negative (laughs) 2,287. I missed that part. Oh, Jerry. (laughs) Of course he does. All right, before we go on a rant with Jerry, let's go back to Donna. (laughs) Um, I had this uh, in, in Donna and Tom's call. I love that Tom references Fortnite. Yeah, I've never played, so I just kind of ignored that one. 
I mean, I have a little bit. It's the worst of all the battle royales, in my opinion, okay. um, that style of game. But obviously, it is a very modern thing, and I love that they just pe- slipped that in as a way of peppering in references to current events in there. They, that Tom just casually references Fortnite. They are good at staying relevant and staying current. So yeah. Props to them for that one. Um, it does not surprise me that both Tom and Donna have fancy drinks. Mm-hmm. And also, That's very on brand. It hit me again of, so Donna's referencing, you know, teachers and high respect for them. So that's another real mm-hmm. life topic that yes. they and, in there. And as the husband of a teacher, I do have to say that every teacher does, in fact, deserve a brand new Mercedes after this. Right. So then again, that brings us back to one of the original conspiracies you and I talked about <laughs> of how does Donna have so much money? Because yes. she just... Like, the closet behind her is right. obvious. Like Yeah, there's a lot of drip rolling. in there. Right. And she is usually, like, she goes all out and treats herself. And she bought Joe a Mercedes. Now, I, I do wonder, because if I remember correctly, this does get referenced some in the final season of the show. Um, obviously, we don't know where her original money came from but we do know that as of the final season of the show she's a very successful real estate mogul Mm. so i don't know if there's as i I think the original conspiracy absolutely still exists where we we don't know where her money came from and how she got her start obviously our running theory is witness protection program obviously i'm actually glad you said that because i remembered it was something and it was back there and i was trying to reach for it but like the shelf was just too far away and i couldn't get to it and then you were like boom and i was like yep that there it is good job so and then i i have um oh no i don't have any more notes about their conversation i don't think so now they actually bite the bullet and call gary and he's referenced as gary yeah, because, and this was another final season detail, I don't know if you remember it, but at Donna's wedding, she does this heartwarming little prank for Jerry, where she messes up the nameplate at the table with his real name, oh, yeah. and yeah. nobody else realizes that it's his real name, and and then they share this meaningful look, and it's one of my favorite moments in the final season. And I I think it was in this conversation as well. I just noticed another one of those peppered in references to current events. uh, And that was Brene Brown. They reference Brene Brown. Because, which is interesting because Brene had a cameo in another Amy Poehler, Tina Fey movie that came out recently. Shoot, I don't remember what it was, but that's just a really fun through line. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And uh, I loved that Jerry gets confused with the filters <laughs> because, of course, he does. And one of them makes him look like a juggalo. What's a juggalo? <laughs> Do I'm I want to sh- know? I'm ashamed that I know this. It's what the insane clown posse call their fans. Oh, what's the insane clown posse? I'm also ashamed that I know this. They're like this really white trash rap adjacent duo. They paint their faces with black and white clown makeup. I mean, I classify it as a sting mask, but I also don't really know much about <laughs> pop culture. So here we are. I was going to ask you about it, and now I know. Check it out. It just, just know that it's very trashy. It, it's cool. very white trash, like... 
Oh, yeah, it's, it's not. But, but yeah, one of the filters makes Jerry look like a juggalo. <laughs> that was good. Um, I love that Gary's still mayor. Yes. Um, yes, The annual pawn. They had to cancel the Pawnee Popsicle Lickin' Pass. <laughs> what? <laughs> Where did they come up with that? It's just the perfect antithesis of what you should be doing in general, but especially during a pandemic. I mean, we knew Pawnee was gross, but this is a whole new level. Absolutely. So at this point, I have to jump off a little bit and talk about some feelings that were uh, and talk about some feelings that I had because of commercials during the reunion episode, because we don't have cable. We don't have live TV. So typically I'm watching things on Netflix um, and, and occasionally Hulu where, you know, there are limited commercials. So it's always an interesting experience to go back to watching something live on cable where there are regular commercial intervals. So first of all, I just have to give a big karate chop because I'm over like emotional piano music heart tugging COVID-19 commercials from every single company and brand we get it you've always been about people it's fine we can move on but every commercial and I've seen articles and and people referencing this already it's a little bit just eye-rolling how every single I mean from car companies to everything else but mainly car companies it's like oh yes we're all about people buy cars right now (laughs) yeah yeah but it's also like if they didn't do that as a business then they're gonna get reamed for not yeah being relevant enough so like it's a there's no win-win on this it's a damned if you do damned if you don't kind of situation but uh but i'm definitely just a little bit over it especially when every commercial break you hear those first few emotional like sarah mclaughlin style piano notes and you're like okay i know where this is going you sell cars but you love people but you sell cars (laughs) and also there was a chick-fil-a commercial that gave me very real resentment that i don't have a chick-fil-a within a reasonable distance joy do you know how far away the closest chick-fil-a to me is well we talked about this with chipotle your closest chipotle was like an hour and a half right yeah same for chick-fil-a Dude. closest chick-fil-a is an hour and a half drive it's it's not even in the same state it's in wyoming and i'm sorry i just got the biggest craving for nuggets with polynesian sauce and I'm I'm still upset about it. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> T's and P's, T's and P's for me. T's and without Chick Fil A in the in <laughs> a reasonable distance. Um, a couple people always text me after they listen to the episode, and one of them was like, "No, no T's and P's," and I was like, <laughs> "And here we are." <laughs> <laughs> were they? Were, wait, were they referencing Toby Max Soul Patch? That I think whole so, conversation. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no teas and Who, who for that. isn't referencing Toby Max Soul Patch right now? Uh, <laughs> we are so relevant, Joe. <laughs> so relevant. Oh, uh, and then right after my note about the Chick Fil A, I had another all caps enough with the savvy COVID commercials. So <laughs> I think that just relentless bombardment really got to me. Yeah, I, I can't don't say I was like paying it. attention, though. We just yeah, I, put it on mute. I, I don't like it when people are trying to in, manipulate me emotionally. When mm. I get that sense, I don't like it. Because yeah. I, I like, you know, commercials and marketing and anything else that 
that invokes a genuine emotional sure. reaction. But like we've yeah. discussed, you know, there's a fine line there between creating something that's genuinely moving and emotional manipulation. And I don't like it when I'm, I sense people are trying to emotionally manipulate me. So it's just like, okay, come on. Right. Right. Yeah. I totally feel that too. And I think that's also one of the reasons this episode was so beautiful mm -hmm. is because I felt all the things, but it wasn't forced. Yeah. Yeah. And as much as I want a full scale Parks and Recreation reunion, they also did this episode with no agenda. Yeah. They're, they're not trying to promote or push anything. They just did it because they're amazing. Yeah. I approve of that message. And now back into the reunion episode, we go to at home with Joan. <laughs> And it is amazing. Oh, they kept the same feel somehow. She ended up with all of the like awkward <laughs> pictures and paintings. And yes, where did she get all of those dolls? Those and dolls the doll, were the creepy Joan as doll. hell. <laughs> oh my gosh! I love that she calls Ben Wyatt a houseboy. <laughs> And then the lower <laughs> thirds. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Leslie is some kind of assistant director of something. <laughs> then Ben was Leslie's houseboy. And then it goes to, in quotes, congressman. <laughs> yeah. So good. I also loved her hair. I yep. love that the actress who portrays Joan went above and beyond to bring the character of Joan back, disheveled hair and yep. all. And I love it. Just a couple degrees off from sanity. Yes. <laughs> And then much like, like us it what? lately in our no. recording episodes, we are fine. <laughs> oh, we're fine. We are fine. <laughs> go, you go listen to the last <laughs> uncut, unedited version of our episode and you tell me we're totally fine. I'm scared. <laughs> I will remain in my state of bliss. <laughs> and then we get a Dennis Feinstein commercial. We can't be done with Joan yet. <laughs> <laughs> did you i wanted to watch the episode a couple times again because she's like it's times like these that remind me why i got into news they need a voice they can trust especially one with the voice of an angel a legend yes. an icon i was like oh my gosh <laughs> stop it and then she does her own show with um called joan on joan for joan yes i loved that i loved that part okay now we can move on to dennis <laughs> <laughs> and then we get a dennis feinstein commercial uh and it was fantastic. Um, it, it really, I, I think my favorite part of it was just the tagline, don't listen to the nerds. It totally works. <laughs> and I love the fact that he talks about like, yeah, we know that it does this because every single animal that's yep. come into contact with it has died. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. It just, I think it was uncomfortable for me for two reasons. One, I can only see him now as Derek from The Good Place. And two... Um, he's just a couple degrees of separation off from a lot of those um, religious televangelists who are like, <laughs> we have the cure for the coronavirus. Oh my goodness. Money. Oh my do you gosh. know who Kenneth Copeland is? I sure do. <laughs> have you seen his uh, blowing I the wind of God? sure have. And COVID-19! 
So uncomfortable. I blow the wind of God. Did you see the the like auto-tuned version of it? Oh yes, I have watched the trap remix. I have oh watched the gosh. metal remix. There is a metal remix of COVID nineteen. And I just and, and like uh, my group of guys that I like play Xbox Live with and stuff like my brother and Andy and our friend from Colorado like that's almost like our our like men's fellowship group um, because our one friend lives in another state and that's how we just kind of like stay in in contact and stuff and and probably like every five minutes there's a Kenneth Copeland or COVID nineteen <laughs> reference. Uh, these times they be special. <sighs> Potential trigger warning. Let's keep moving. <laughs> and purred happily oh my gosh it was so good to see purred it was like an old friend what a champion of a man i love that the the lower thirds for that were yes that's my that's my first one too is the person who is talking now perfect <laughs> perfect purred happily lowered thirds oh <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> and and the things that you heard were the things that they had said. Yes. Thank you. Oh Bert. my goodness. Thank you. Bert. It was just it was so good. So good. And then transitioning to the spawn of Satan. <laughs> See, I put my note here literally word for word is I think Jam's commercial is my favorite part of this entire episode <laughs> and I'm not sorry. <laughs> And I'm sitting here like, oh, dear Lord, so many health issues. I can't even his mohawk and how slimy he is. Like, no. First of all, I love that they, they use that to reference quarantine haircuts. Another True. relevant True. relevant thing. I love that he says, jam yourself. Oh, gosh, no. No. Oh, I just, I loved it so much. So many issues. <laughs> Let's see. What did I write out about it? Um, I lost my spot. Okay, let's start. This was this was my word for word description. Silk robe, mohawk. Jeremy is doing great. Quarantine haircut. Also offering brand new service, Jam Orthodontics. Their quote was, "Brace yourself. He'll drop off all the tools at your house and he'll talk you through it, so you can do your root canal or whatever." Oh. Uh. <laughs> it was fantastic. Joe, what were you most looking forward to in this episode? I think you and everyone else knows exactly <laughs> what that is, and that is John Ralphio, and he was here. And literally, my notes were like like my it, three bullet points, all caps: John Ralphio, John Ralphio, John Ralphio. <laughs> fourth bullet point come on people you knew john ralphio was going to be my favorite part of this entire thing and he did not disappoint i love his giant house with no furniture oh my gosh just his hilarious comedic energy throughout ben schwartz's hilarious comedic energy throughout and then the fact that they insert that self-deprecating loneliness joke that they do so well with john ralphio at the end it was amazing uh the the <laughs> fireplace that he was in front of reminded me of Harry Potter and yeah. I think the the flu powder is that where you're is that what you're thinking or just like the the common area Gryffindor common area I think the the black tile area was what was in the main area Oh the Ministry, Ministry of Magic. Magic yeah yeah so flu powder yeah that's that's where my 
my head dots were connected. Yeah, and the only reason I'm thinking of it is because I have a PSP that I inherited and I play Harry Potter Lego on it. Oh, yes. Yeah, this super classy. Good job, Joy. Um, <laughs> can we, he's just like out of the blue. He got, got run over by a Porsche. Right. Totally makes sense. Um, got a huge house, no furniture. Somehow he got some <laughs> commercial time, but no, he doesn't have a business. Um, his number was 9201 Ralphio. I did call the number immediately and it just hung up so it there's, just, there's one too many numbers in it oh okay i tried i tried so hard <laughs> and one of these I, days joy there's going to be a number or an email address that you're going to reach out to and someone is going to pick up i have and then i'm legit going to panic i'm i'm holding faith in my heart that that's going to happen maybe it, it, well it's like it's like um Bruce Wayne says, sometimes people deserve to have their faith rewarded. I'm scared of having my faith rewarded, but that's fine. We can move on. <laughs> so we're back to Purd. <laughs> and Leslie brought another guest who is not either of you. <laughs> and I absolutely love that Chris Pratt still has the Johnny Karate gi. Yes, it was so high quality. Mm -hmm. And he was wearing his little Sebastian shirt underneath it. Yes. Which I which too was, was wearing perfect. my little Sebastian shirt yesterday. <laughs> so Shannon pointed out in our Facebook group, Shannon from our Facebook group, how dusty slash potentially haunted Chris Pratt's house looks. Yeah. I commented and said, uh, you know, why can't it be both? Uh, and I think, you know, haunting and, and old and dusty. Sure, that, that works well. But also right. I remembered that Chris Pratt lives on a ranch. And that's been a big part. Like if you follow him on Instagram or anything, he he posts, uh, you know, videos and pictures from ranch and just ranch life and stuff. And I mean, if you've ever been in a ranch house, yeah, they're dusty. That, An actual that, ranch house. Yes, that totally tracks. So. Mm -hmm. But like, how did he get out of the shed? <laughs> it's a good question. Was, this, was the guitar in the shed? I don't know. No, I, I just don't think it was addressed. I do have a note written down here that Chris Pratt's beard is doing God's work. <laughs> I don't have that level of facial hair appreciation, but more power <laughs> to you. And uh, I also have the note here that I love that they had Purd say doggies again. They did? What did he say? Uh, I don't remember the line, but I know he said doggies. <laughs> um, which which is a callback to I believe they're talking about their spirit animals oh. in an episode and then Purd says you know you didn't ask me but if you had my answer would have been doggy <laughs> I love Purd so much <laughs> me too so Johnny Karate wanted everybody to know stay strong and be nice to your parents and wash your hands <laughs> and then it comes out that Andy might never have washed his hands before <laughs> and then he was going to karate chop the virus but no the virus cannot be karate chopped um and it might not be today it might not be tomorrow it might not be a week it might not be and he went to like two or three other layers but it'll happen eventually and then he did his karate kick and what did he do pulled something in his butthole <laughs> oh my gosh such an inspiring and confusing message all at the same time oh it was great it was great and then i have uh, three notes here about commercials again because we went back to a commercial break after this. Oh man. Uh, number one is all caps more sappy commercials I can't. Very mm -hmm. tired of the sappy commercials if you couldn't tell. 
It's reasonable. Then I, I have a note that I'm 50-50 intrigued by the commercials for the new series Upload starring Robbie Amell. Have you seen those commercials? No. I don't watch it, TV much. It looks good place adjacent. Mm. Um, maybe it was a regional thing that I was seeing previews for it during the special and you weren't. Um, but yeah, I there's half of me that says this looks overdone and half-baked at the same time. And then there's half of me that says there's enough that's original in this concept that I, I might be at least intrigued enough to check out the pilot episode and see where it goes. Yeah, we muted through all the commercials and then sat there and talked about what we had just seen. So I wasn't okay. paying attention to any of the commercials. And I also think that Robbie and Mel kind of gets typecast as a pretty boy. And uh, so I am also intrigued to see if he can pull a Zac Efron and get out of that. Um, because I think that Zac Efron is, is one of the best illustrations of someone who is typecast as just a pretty boy and, uh, and actually proved his acting chops since then. Yeah. And, yeah. and diversified. So I'll be interested to see if Robbie Amell can do the same thing. And then my last note, yes. And uh, my last note is I feel like Apple has been trying to convince us for a while that our next computer is not a computer, a.k.a. the iPad. But an iPad will literally never be able to do all of the things that I need my computer to do. So nice try, Apple, but I'm not buying it. <laughs> Well, they're trying to compete with the Microsoft Surface. Yeah, which, I mean, a Surface wouldn't either. But it's right. just the whole idea that, like, a super powerful tablet or a Transformer-style tablet can do all the things that I need it to do. And, I, first of all, it can't. I have a very specked-out laptop for, you know, rendering video and working with large music project files and things like that. Same. Number two, touchscreens in computers hold absolutely no appeal to me. They yeah, have no. negative appeal to me. I I don't I wouldn't use a touchscreen. Like if I'm sitting at my computer, you know, working on music, working on video, filming the podcast, in no situation would any of that be even slightly improved by reaching forward and touching my screen. Plus, you just get fingerprints all over it. Right. And I can't stand fingerprints on my computer screen. Same. So same. Yeah. I'm just, uh, you know, that marketing might be appealing to some people, you know, those maybe boomers who are like, you can just ditch your whole computer for this one little thing. And it's okay, so sleek. Boomer. I'm not. Mm, nope. Not not me. Not me. You know what, Joe? It's OK. We are not their target audience for this one. This this whole thing has just reminded me why I cut the cord a long time ago, because I just commercials just make me angry and, and want to yep. rant. Yep. I understand. I'm here with you. I'm here with you. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> so we came back from commercial. Leslie calls Ron, and he's out of the yep. frame. Yep. But did you notice over uh, in the upper right-hand side of the screen, there was a no pooping dog sign? <laughs> I didn't notice beautiful. that. And it was just an, an icon, like a pooping dog <laughs> with a red circle and line through it. My first note here for Leslie's callback to Ron is that he's wearing a bandana and it's suspiciously too nice. Yeah, Amanda said it, that too. Mm -hmm. And it looks brand new. It does not look like the bandana that Ron Swanson would be wearing while working in his shop or his cabin or right. whatever. That has absolutely been corroborated. Plant Nerd Amanda has your back on that one. And Thank you, Plant Nerd Amanda. Shondo. Uh, Plant Nerd Amanda also was talking about the goggles he was wearing. 
there's no way those were actually safe to use as PPE. No. They were, <laughs> wow, they were so gross. Side note, does Plant Nerd Amanda like being called Plant Nerd Amanda? <laughs> we had a thorough discussion about what she would like to be called, and that's what we landed on. Okay, so she she's on board with being called Plant Nerd Amanda. She is, and she's also our second patron. Ooh! Right? Thank you, Plant Nerd Amanda. She joined as a Pawnee goddess, as should all of you. <laughs> and uh, yes, thank you for your both your patronage and for your many contributions already to our show. Your mad skills. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for playing your mad skills with horticulture to the show. We greatly appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I have a note here. I love that they incorporated Tammy too. Oh, that was brilliant. AKA Nick Offerman's actual wife. Right. Which is such a weird turn, but like makes so much sense. But like what? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. It was great that, you know, they're married so she could play Tammy too and they could be in the same shot uh, and things like that. I just thought that was a great little detail and, and really, you know, fortuitous how that worked out. Yeah. For the longest time, I thought Tina Fey was Tammy too. And then it wasn't until we started doing research here that I was like, oh, that's not Tina Fey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Megan Mullally. Oh, hey, Megan. And uh, I also loved how since she's gagged, she can actually just sit there and laugh for real, which is totally (laughs) what she's doing. Her glasses didn't look Tammy-ish, but whatever. No, but I, I just loved it. that was just so perfect like i was not expecting that to happen no and then it did and i was like of course here we are (laughs) um i love that uh he subdued tammy too and diane tied her to the chair um i wrote that they were going to sterilize her do you remember that I don't remember that. I'm hoping that's a typo because that feels weird. Um, Okay, Joy of the Past, what are you doing? (laughs) I'm pretty sure it also came back into my dreams, something about the deer fat and um, Tammy 2 running away and, you know, gnawing through her ropes. Right. And Ron was more concerned about the wolves. Yeah, now now they're afraid for the wolves. That was great. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, So then... It seems like the phone tree just continues. Why is the phone tree continuing? Like, didn't you call everybody once and that should be it? Yeah, but I i mean, it's like, you know, I mean, it, it's phone tree ex machina. It, it needs to continue to exist for the right. show to continue right. to exist. So I didn't really question it. I like also, that. Also, I have to say, I've been waiting to use ex machina in our... <laughs> recording to this point and it hasn't happened organically till now so i'm just happy and about here that we are. i get points. to sound bougie well done well done <laughs> um i like that ron calls april and says he needs april's help and she just starts playing drums <laughs> like the relationship That's... between ron and april where like they just do the things they do and they're like well yes. of course you're doing that blah, blah 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 and then it just cuts to the next thing that was great of ben reading over his screenplay with leslie and realizing it's all nonsense Yes, and I I have a note here that Ben's hair is actually kind of working for me. Hmm. Hmm. I can't say I was actually paying a ton of attention to his hair, except for in the congressman scene where it's all like slicked back, and I was like, wait, yeah. wait a second, what, what? 
which yeah. Chris Traeger would say it doesn't have that uptight, rigid Ben Wyatt sense of fun. Ah, because that phrase totally works. so then the magnificent ending (laughs) so can i just read i have one two three four five six seven eight nine bullet points that all just rapid fired as soon as i realized what was happening we take notes so differently, and it is amazing. <laughs> Please read me your bullet points. So as soon as I realized what was happening, I, I got the inkling, you know, when Ron was talking about cheering Leslie up, and then everyone pops up on screen, and, and simultaneously, uh, well, I, I'm just going to read my notes, and then I'll come back and okay. talk about it. So <laughs> point one, and all of these are all caps. Of course they are. <laughs> They're doing bye-bye Lil' Sebastian, aren't they? (laughs) Yes, they are. And I'm drowning in my own tears. Of course they would. Of course they would. I totally should have seen this coming. My heart is exploding. My actual heart. They added a new verse? Question mark, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point. Smashing a lot of keys. And then Rob Lowe is crying, and I am crying. <laughs> Those were my rapid fire "Bye Bye Little Sebastian" notes. Oh, and I love that through the whole thing, Ben's still like, "Guys, what?" <laughs> and yes. even Jerry was like, "Shake my head, like, come on, Ben, <laughs> play along." And I just, I have to mention, being—I mean, we are literally the people who are making the podcast on parks and recreation and i did not anticipate that they would close with another rendition of bye bye little sebastian it, it makes total sense that they would do that but i didn't see it coming and i kind of love that i didn't see it coming because it just made it this beautiful emotional sucker punch and and it took me on an emotional ride just like every time they did it in the show from the first to the last it was yeah. it did not feel contrived or like they were just retreading old material it felt just perfect and i loved it it did they had such a good balance in this one of uh remember what was and also we're here now and yeah it was just absolutely it was everything it wasn't forced no, it was it was beautiful. Hmm. And did then, you see, t- did you see Chris's guitar though? You know, I didn't notice. Well, I, I I was very emotional. I was not looking for details. I was just swept up, so I didn't notice what guitar Chris's, he was playing. Chris's guitar had Andy Dwyer inlaid on the fretboard. Wow! Like straight up, it, I'm guessing it was Mother of Pearl inlay, Custom and it took up inlay. so much of the fretboard, and it was amazing. That's so good. I know. That's I know. so good. Yeah. And then to take this beautiful episode home, they really capped it off with what I consider to be the perfect ending, and that is when everyone leaves the call, but Ron and yeah. Leslie. And again, this show ends on a perfectly poignant note highlighting Ron and Leslie's friendship. My note here is, I am fulfilled and devastated. Excuse me while I go and weep the happiest of tears. I could almost cry right now. I wrote it down. Did you write down the quote? (laughs) 
Uh, no, I did not. He said, don't spend all your time looking after other people. Look yes. after yourself. Yes, and I loved that very much. And I love the show, I think, for recognizing, you know, in a show that had some amazing romances, you yeah. know, Ben and Leslie, Anne and Chris, um, and, and April and Andy, I, I think it was right of the show to really recognize that what the show was built on and I think what made it really special and heartwarming was not the romances, even though there are so many good ones that run throughout the show. It was the friendships. And I think at the center of everything, I would argue that it's not even Anne and Leslie's friendship because mm. while that, of course, is a, a benchmark and, and while it does uh, encompass much of the show, I think the real enduring friendship and the relationship that's the bedrock of the show is Ron and yeah. Leslie. Yeah. And uh, and so I just thought that this was the most perfect note to end it on and to show that their friendship has still endured throughout everything. It was just magical. Yeah. Such warm feelings inside of my soul. Absolutely. I was uh, I was definitely sad when it ended. It was just like, man, this was just absolutely beautiful from the first seconds of Bobby Newport to the ending with Ron and Leslie. They just hit all the right notes in a way that I am just amazed and applaud them for pulling off. They did so good. So good. The special beforehand was like the emotional primer. Yes. And then the special itself was like, oh, my gosh, I love you so much. And then it ended. Yes. And I just wanted to go cry. Yes, it, instead, it really I ate dessert. <laughs> it was beautiful, beautifully done. So I, I thought we could just discuss it and break down a few things, sort of take some of our regular format from Parks and Rewatch and apply it to the reunion episode. Um, and so my first question, Joy, is were there any characters that you were disappointed did not make it into the reunion episode? My first thought is Diane. Mm -hmm. um because you know nick referenced her right um but my secondary thought is like it would have been fun to have gary's whole family there so they could have sang yeah. the eggs bacon and toast song <laughs> but that was like what four more people they would have had to yeah loop in yeah what about you i think the main one for me is craig mm. I'm sad that, that Craig didn't make it in in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, he doesn't stick out as a huge major character in my head, but that's also probably because yeah. we're living in the beginning. Right, and he really is in the later seasons, right. um, but also where things wind up story-wise, he runs the Parks Department after they all leave. So I, yeah. I thought it would have been fun to to get a, some sort of check-in from him, from uh, Billy Eichner's Craig. But... Yeah. Uh, it also makes yeah. sense, though, that they kept it as the OG yeah. Parks yeah. Department. And and really, those are minor quibbles, you know, um, for just... The, I, I don't want to take away from the fact that they pulled off so much, yeah. um, so well within this, this limited time constraint format and everything. These are just minor quibbles, obviously. We know this. And then, Joy, did you have anything that you would elevate? I know it was... It's going to be very hard to do this um, because so much of it was so, so good. But do you have anything that you would elevate as your beautiful rule-breaking moth from the reunion episode? I think the the undertone of how much everyone cares, like, 
how much Ron cared for Leslie that he actually got yes. everyone together at the same time to do the group call at the end. How much Ron and April care for each other. Um, and you can tell in their unspokens. Yes. Um, how much Leslie cares that she has the phone tree that everyone is participating in. Um, like, just that undertone of, we're in this with you, you're not alone. Absolutely. Warms my heart. Yes. How about you? Mine would be Bobby Newport's intro. It Bobby perfectly Newport. set... <laughs> it certainly set the... It, it, it perfectly set the tone for the episode. It was a signal flag right away how great the quality was going to be, how funny the episode was going to be. It was perfect, and I loved it. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> and then as tough as it's going to be because this episode did give so many good feels, do you have anything that you would put in the Jerry category for this episode? Oh, gosh. Um... Anything that brought the episode down or was unnecessarily annoying. The only thing I can think of is the second half or like the middle part of uh, Bobby Newport's intro where he was talking outside of his character about the coronavirus. It felt like yeah. I yeah. got separated pulled, from him for a minute there. But yeah, pulled you out a little bit. Yeah, I can see that's that about for sure. it, though. Yeah. How about you? I'm going to say for me, it was Ron's brand new bandana. Mm. That mm. just felt mm. very out of character. And, and uh, it, it also kind of pulled me out of the experience for a second. Because I was like, that literally looks like he bought it off the rag, took the tags off, and put it on his neck. I have never seen a bandana on a working person that looked like that. Well... I was about to say, well, you haven't seen me work. And then I was like, I don't actually wear bandanas. And that's weird. And why would I say that? I don't know. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for listening to this very special episode of Parks and Rewatch. Just as a reminder, you can follow us on Instagram at Rewatch Parks. You can head over to our Patreon and become a supporter of the show help us make these episodes and continue all our discussion and speculation of all things parks and recreation you can send us an email at rewatchparks at gmail.com yes i knew i was doing too good going through all that there had to be some <laughs> there had to be some mistake you're on a roll though good job thank you thank you uh but anyway, just thank you, as always, for listening. It's been a true pleasure discussing this reunion episode that we both loved so much. And we will see you very soon as we return to our regular rewatch podcast. Three, two, one. Bye. 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 <laughs>